Hi, everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. I was trying to say is why one of the many reasons why I wish we lived near each other, other than the fact that I could just call you with an update immediately, <laughs> immediately. Um, because like time zones wouldn't be an issue. Was so I went to this bar yesterday in DC. It's called the Green Zone, so it's an Arab bar. Okay. Um, and there's something my friend said, and the response I wanted to say was literally like she wouldn't get it. I was like, only a Saudi friend or like an Arab would get it. And I just wanted to respond with Wola. And okay. I was like, damn it. I just, I need someone here to understand me wanting to throw these mannerisms out. I need like some Aramco friend to talk to and just drop these words with them. But <laughs> do you drop these words with like Arab guys you meet? <laughs> you know what? Well, they do. Like they'll like, there'll be times where like like with um uh, we'll like cross out his name with like the guy um who you know the name of because so for context like we don't really speak the same language but he was saying something and I finally understood what he was trying to say after like many days and I was like oh it's this and he was like alhamdulillah like I was like okay you're like come on it was, it was like hard but um yeah so they'll they'll, they'll drop you got there eventually you got yes. there eventually you know what i want to try and speak arabic to him but it's really like i said it's gonna be like frarabic because my mind only thinks in french and arabic half the time like i was trying to form sentences like have a dialogue in my head yeah i know that sounds psychotic but i just like kept throwing in like oh i didn't know what the word that specific word what like the word in was in French or like I couldn't remember which which one to use then it went automatically to Arabic and I'm like this oh, isn't like I'm having say try to have a French conversation in my head and I didn't know what in was so then yeah. I just went automatically to Arabic and I'm like this no <laughs> well you should move to Lebanon be perfect <laughs> don't tempt me <laughs> let's go to Lebanon together let's do it let's do a trip there oh I'd be so keen let's just do the Middle Bookish East. Friends travel. Yeah, no, like Middle Eastern edition. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it works with this episode, but oh, at true. large, yes. We didn't <laughs> even try and it, 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 it connected. The segues just naturally come in. Elite, um, elite. What did you say? No, I was like, how elite? Oh, how elite, yes. Our, our segues are so elite now. <laughs> yes, so today we're talking about Middle East reads. We've mentioned many times that we grew up in Saudi and so we wanted to focus on this region that's kind of special to us. Yeah, it's important uh, to us. Yeah. And like we talk a lot about diversifying our reads in general. And so, yeah, we just wanted to give some love to the Middle East and Middle Eastern stories. Let's go into our current reading. Yes. All right. What's our, what, what are, what's our status update? Let's do it as that. Maybe we should change this. I know currently reading sounds better, but maybe we should do like reading update. Status update? Instead. Yeah, because I think because I think that encompasses like, oh, I just finished this or I'm about to start this, especially if we're like in between books. That's a good point. I know. I feel like so many of my currently readings, I'm like, I just finished this. I just started yeah. this. Well, yeah. that's what mine's going to be. I have just, just started this. I mean, the book I will mention today. So the book is The Path to Love, Spiritual Strategies for Healing by Deepak Chopra. This was in the little secondhand self-help section. Okay, 
I know we don't like the word self-help, sorry. This was in like the secondhand like wellness um, section of the bookstore that I have been working at. And we are allowed to, uh, employees or interns, which is me, we're allowed to borrow secondhand books, which is really fun. And so I just, I, this book has been calling to me. I noticed it right away, like the first day I walked in there. But yeah, I'm really excited to read it. I really like the beginning so far. And I think this book has a lot of things that I need to hear right now. I love that for you. As for like my reading update, I finished Come As You Are. I really enjoyed it. I was already sharing this with you on our phone call before, but I, I really do like it that the author was very focused on writing this for women to help women. Highly recommend, I think, every person who identifies as a woman biologically should read this and if you're maybe have a partner who does this could help you figure out some things I don't know Um, but when you're sharing the path to love is that what it is Um, I want to talk about that bookstore crawl I was on but about a bunch of books and um, some of the nonfiction ones that I think could are on a similar path so I bought all about love by bell hooks and then communion the female search for love also by bell hooks could be on par with Deepak Chopra's book. I guess related to it, um, I got one called How We Heal. And then the final one, maybe on par, is Women Who Run With The Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Women Archetype. And I think I'd seen that as a TikTok thing where every woman X, Y, Z age range should read this book. So No, it looks so good. I've picked that up yeah. a bunch of times. I flipped through it. It's a good mm-hmm. one, it seems like. I was going to say, it's so funny. I like we. I feel like... We definitely have such like common themes. I mean, what we're going through, but also what we are reading in conjunction to that. We should have an episode all about love. Like I know we've talked about romance, but I feel like reading books about love is not just like romance novels, like, you know, and I feel like we could do just like our favorite books that talk about love or that have helped us or like both, you know? Sorry, no, it's like writing that down for us to remember to work on. But yeah, I guess that's, our status update for right now well should we should we move on to the topic the topic yes so as we mentioned we are talking about middle eastern reads do we kind of want to define what we mean exactly by middle eastern reads because i think we're both in agreement that it's not just it's not just books by middle eastern authors although that definitely is a big part of our list there are also stories that take place in the Middle East and uh, are about the Middle East. Well, that, but also like the Middle Eastern experience because some of these books are, they're like maybe taking place outside of the Middle East, but these characters, they identify as Middle Eastern or the author is Middle Eastern. As always, these are just a few hand-selected ones we're going to talk about. The list is obviously so much more extensive. It's just whatever we can also remember. We've said this before, I think. It's like when we're with our entire set of books, you could see it so you remember more. But like there's also books that we've read from like a library or something like you don't physically have that you're like, I forgot I read that, you know, so. No, there's definitely more that I've read and there's also more that I need to read. But yeah, these are just a few that have stayed with me and have stayed with us. Um, I'm pretty happy that I remembered some of these because I've been searching for these in my brain for a while. So I'm glad I got them. But yeah, how how are you defining, I guess, like Middle East in itself? Because I think that can slightly differ. Like if we did Venn diagrams, I think there's like yeah. different things to it. I agree. I mean, for me, it's North Africa, the Gulf, and then like all the other... <laughs> classically middle eastern countries all the ones invaded by america 
<laughs> yeah. And I mean, and further back in other countries as well. Um, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like list countries. <laughs> but let's just pull um, out a map and, you know, let's just do how each country was colonized by in the Middle East by other countries. Let's do that. I guess you want to also mention, like, I, I, I guess in the context of the books I'll be speaking about, but also in general, I would classify Turkey as part of the Middle East. So I don't. So like I agree like North Africa. So my this is my thing. I'm like yeah, North Africa to Afghanistan, like maybe Iran, but Iran is not even like a middle. Is it like a Middle Eastern country or not? I like I can't it even. Is. I classify it's Iran. Like, as I, I I would say like they're a bit of a gray area to me. Um, but and that's I would where agree I think Turkey Turkey to me is also the same thing because it's like it is European country. It's part of Europe. It's, it's weird, like, when you go to like, Istanbul, it's, like, literally half is is Europe, and then the other half is Arab. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and the other, like, note that I added, I think it's also if they were, if Arabic is a dominant language that's spoken there. Because, like, there's other countries, I feel like, that are maybe part of North Africa, but, like, not entirely on the north that I would still classify as the Middle East. Like, oh, like what? Ethiopia, Somalia, like they're not. Oh, really? Not- you would classify I those would. as the Middle East? Oh, see, I wouldn't. Dude, maybe we should just look up what includes the Middle East. I think I did that and I was like, it, this differs from everyone. Wait, this is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just looked up Middle Eastern countries. That is limited. I- That's what I was saying because it's also like who's writing that definition. Right. And like, again, we are not era Middle Eastern. Like, we've gr- grown up there and. Like my me defining this as like context of people who we grew up with, who do identify. As. Like I think Turkey's gray area, but I think especially in the context of what we're going to be talking about, I would I would count it, especially if like you think about it historically. I would count Turkey. So like I think yeah, Iran would be classified as Middle East because I'm Google just Iran Middle East, so it is. So okay, yeah. and I guess here it's also saying that's the thing, right? Middle East is such an interesting geographic thing because it spans over. At this rate, three different continents. Yeah, Africa, Asia, and, a, and so Turkey is right. yeah, it's considered European. Yeah, but it, here, if I Middle East Wikipedia, it says most populous countries in the region are Egypt, Turkey, Iran, while yeah. Saudi Arabia is the largest Middle Eastern country right. by area. No, that makes sense. Okay, bringing it back to what you were saying, like about Middle Eastern reads and why we read it all, like it's clearly so. I don't like using this word because it's a, such a boring token word that's thrown around in the corporate world. But it's clearly such a diverse area. It's a melting pot of microcultures. There's a lot of history. I think it's such an interesting and colorful and beautiful region to talk about. And that's why we're excited to be doing this. (laughs) It's also very complex. I think that's an important word when we describe the Middle East as well, um, which is why it's also important to read stories about the Middle Eastern experience. So let's talk about some of our favorites. So how... Should we just list it out and talk a bit about them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go first. So do you want to list them out? I mean, you can like do a little talky talk about each of them as sure. you want. And then I'll go. Sure. Um, so the first one is A Woman is No Man by Ita Froome. I, I don't – how do I say this not American? Anyway, beautiful, beautiful book. This book destroyed me emotionally. It is a debut novel by a Palestinian-American author. The story is following a conservative Arab family living in America, specifically Brooklyn, New York. And you have this granddaughter living with her grandparents, and her grandparents are basically like, "We need to. you're 18, going to start introducing you to some suitors, you got to get married. And she doesn't want to get married, but her grandparents are like, you've got no choice. 
And so it's kind of a dual timeline. So you're going through present day of this the main girl, Dea, battling out with her grandparents, I want to get married. And then you have a different timeline of her mom while her mom's younger and also in a way being forced into marriage. And so it's following the storyline of her mom leaving Palestine to marry the dad. And it's a, such a complex story about family. The main girl, Dea, she's led to believe that her parents died in a car accident, but she comes across a note from a, like a stranger that causes her to question a lot of her fa- the things that she's been told about her family. It's told through Dea's perspective and then her mom's in the other timeline. And it, it's just her unraveling secrets about her family and their community and it's so heartbreaking julia like you have to read it if you haven't already it just oh wow i remember being left so angry when i read this book like at who uh, men like <laughs> y- yes men as always, <laughs> as always but yeah. but more so i think like uh, it's so hard because i don't want to do like I, I i'm not trying to like take a stab at like the middle east and i think we need to preface this we're not trying to take a stab at a culture like criticize or anything but it left me angry, like with Asian cultures or colored cultures, and I say this as a colored person, where it's like, and, and older generations of imposing things where it's like, well, I'm an elder to you, you're going to do what I say, and this is what's correct, don't question it, I know what's best, and I, <laughs> I clearly struggle with authority, it really made me so angry about that. Here's like this young woman, and she's trying, and based in a place where freedom of speech and all that but she is clearly battling kind of two different cultures and trying to like please people but also be happy and I just just wanted to give her a hug it's yeah you need to read it and then you need to talk about it on here let everyone know what you think because then we can you know what I could maybe be happy to do a deep dive on this book at some point oh wow I'll I'll read it again okay I'm willing to give up some more tears for this book so all right i'm done i'll keep that in mind the next book is call me american by abdi nor ifton and so this is where i was like okay how are we defining them at least geographically and so this is a memoir and so abdi nor ifton he grew up in i want to say yeah somalia during the war and all that happening and he fell in love with America and learned English through listening to Michael Jackson and watching movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then obviously you have like US military come into Mogadishu to deal out with like warlords and stuff. But it's basically his story of living in war in a war-torn country and eventually making his way to the US. And then a bit of him his transition here. And I just thought it was a very sweet read because this Guy was like clearly filled with so much hope. The next book, I I read this so long ago, but I remember being like, this is interesting. So it's called The Corpse Exhibition and Other Stories of Iraq by Hassan Blossom. And I believe it's translated by Jonathan Wright. And again, I don't remember much about it, but it focuses on the Iraqi perspective during the Iraq war. And there was a time in college. So my degree was international affairs. You had to pick a concentration. So I picked two, security policy in the Middle East. And a lot of my stuff, I mean, I took a class on Iraq. And so a lot of my papers were on Iraq, the Iraq war, all of that. And so I think that's, this is one of the books I found. I was like, I'm really intrigued to read more about this war and what people experience to apply it to my my paper. So definitely another interesting read. And just again, another place to focus on in the Middle East. 
the next book, Our Women on the Ground. And it's really, I might have mentioned this before, but it's a compilation of different stories. And it was compiled by Zara Honker. Honker. And I loved this book. I think I read this while I was on jury duty two years ago, and I finished it like a day and a half. It is so good. It's, I think it's mostly women who are journalists in the Middle East. And so you're getting different, and so you're getting different countries, like no, not just one, but I do think some of these stories would make me cry. But again, I am a person who's emotional, so I know that doesn't help. I do think you would like this one, another nonfiction read. I will, my last one I'll save for you to share since it's both on our list, but the la- the one I'll end up rounded out with is Does My Head Look Big in This by Rhonda Abdel Fatah. I think this might have been one of my first books that I've read that focused on like a Middle Eastern character. And I read this back in middle school. I think I probably picked this up in Jareer. I think it's set in Australia because I think the author is in Australia. Basically, you have 16-year-old Amal who's decided to wear a hijab full-time. And it's just how she's interacting with others and how they're interacting with her with this change. So I'm assuming her parents, her teachers, her friends, regular people on the street are treating her differently. And I just remember being like, in awe from reading this as like a 13 year old i do recommend it okay so i guess maybe i'll mention the last one so then we can transition so the last one on my list that i've read is princess by jean sassoon sassoon and i read this god again years and years ago so i don't remember that much but i just remember it being i just remember including like quite a few like shocking stories but also not entirely shocking It's the story of a Saudi princess. And when you've lived there as long as the both of us have, you know stories like, or you've seen stuff. So, I mean, this is like on a whole nother level of bad shit, for lack of better words, that that was happening. And again, it's from a female's perspective, you know, different things are happening. But I know, I know she does have a series because it's like book two, three, four. And one of them is about that princess's daughter or like her perspective. I have like the third book and I'm just trying to get the second one so I can read it in order. I do think the author is pretty good at storytelling because I've read some of her other ones where I think it might be about, there's one about this Iraqi woman, I believe, who was a prisoner of war. Most of my books, except one, these are all about women. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about Jean Sasson, that these are all stories about women and giving them that voice. And Jean Sasson's a, she's a journalist, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why her... I think her storytelling was so good because she was able to give the depth of a journalist who was very good at storytelling. I personally believe the best journalists are very inherently good at storytelling. And she really, I think, stayed true to the voice of the person she was trying to convey the story of. Definitely. I mean, journalists know how to weave that story for an audience so yeah. like she she did a, a very good job there but that's the last one and I, if you want to use that to transition to yeah to your list the one book that we have in common on our list so yes i will give my take on it i really enjoyed princess um as aisha said it's about a saudi princess and yes there are some shocking stories about what it's like to live as a woman and as a princess in saudi arabia and this took place i believe in the 90s so it's not current day, um, which does make a big difference. But I think the thing that I would like everyone to take away from reading this book, and it's what I took away, and I think I've mentioned this previously, but I was so impressed by the strength of this princess. I think the overall idea you come to understand of this princess is that she is so strong-willed and she created a life 
for herself that was outside of was expected of her by her family by a lot of people um and she had to really fight for what she wanted and she never stopped fighting for what she wanted i think and i found that so impressive and inspiring and there's so many stories of amazing women in the middle east who rebel against the status quo i just love reading about it i think it's so important to hear stories like that and yes of course she's a princess so she did have a certain amount of privilege but also there are disadvantages that come being from like a very conservative and wealthy and known family of course so yeah i think it's a great book and yes it's not written by a middle eastern author but as we've said jean sasson I think really portrays the character's voice authentically. And yes, it, of course, it's a true story. So I'll go to my next book, or yeah, my next books. So I'll talk about We Free the Stars, the duology by Hafsa Faisal. And I've talked a lot about this book on here already because I was reading it for quite a while, or I was reading the second book uh, most recently. And I know I said it wasn't my favorite fantasy book because this is a fantasy duology. But what I did really like about it, and I think this is what you would really like about it too, Aisha, is that it takes place in a fantasy world that is inspired by ancient Arabia. And because of that, there are a lot of references to like the Arab language and the Arab culture. And I think, I mean, you mentioned this, you were like, I wish we lived together so I could make references to the Arab language. And there definitely are a lot of references to the Arab language in this book. And again, like Arab foods and just like other cultural things. And I thought that was really nice to read about. And I really enjoyed that. And I think it's a great way to have exposure to Arab culture and an Arab author without reading something that's fiction or nonfiction. It's just, you know, it's more fun this way, if you will. Then the next book I have is called In the Kingdom of Men by Kim Barnes. And so this book is really interesting. It's about the wife of a man who is working for what I'm pretty sure is because it was a long time ago. But um, the company is the Arab American Oil Company, which uh, nowadays is called Aramco. (laughs) But it's so it's from the woman's point of view. And then also there's like an era of mystery because the whole point is that there's been a murder. Um, a young girl is found like in the ocean, I think. And the wife's husband, there are like some questions around him. But a lot, a lot of it, it's like mostly her story. And she's like this, it starts from when she grows up, I think in like Oklahoma or something. She grows up very, very poor. And then she meets this guy and he ends up working for the Arab American oil company. And then they move to Saudi Arabia. And so you see them move to compound and, I think this takes place around the the 50s, the 1950s. Um, So it's obviously like at the beginning of the Arab American oil company. It's a mouthful to say. (laughs) So it's at the beginning of the the company's era. And it's just really interesting because you get like the expat experience from her point of view. And, you know, she's obviously like very bored on this compound. Like she's trying to explore a bit. And what I found most interesting were just like the descriptions of the compound itself. And like just like little things that I – I was like, oh my God, that's so similar to, you know, things that we've experienced in certain ways. I think, you know, the compound that we lived on, there's a certain timelessness of it. I think that like, yeah, things, certain things like didn't change. And I just thought it was really interesting to read about a similar, but very unique experience, I guess. So I just thought like, I really liked that. And I've never read a story about another person who lived in um, a compound like ours before, so I thought that that was interesting. And just sorry, I just looked it up, and it's she lived in Abcake. Love that because <laughs> I feel like that's that's where my parents lived after I was born, like before and after I was oh, born. Oh, really? Was in Mine lived in yeah. Rastamora. 
<laughs> Wait, I want to. I want more books out there about Aramco. I do want to prep, like, have a little disclaimer, like, because so basically the author did not herself live in Saudi Arabia or grow up in Aramco. She um, talked to a lot of friends who did and did a lot of research. Yeah, so I think that's important to know. But I did really like it. I thought it was interesting and different, um, which is what I liked about it. And then the next book is Eight Months on Gaza Street by Hilary Mantel. And this book is also about an expat living in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah. And again, it's this wife and she's kind of holed up at home and she's very bored. She doesn't know what to do. And so she starts like knocking around and, you know, making friends, making enemies and what I liked a lot about it was I mean there was like a lot of suspense but it was also like you know life in Saudi Arabia like the the oppressive heat just like what it's like to live in um live in a city in Saudi Arabia I guess and I just like the descriptions of that so yeah there's that I feel like oh yeah a lot of my books take place in Saudi Arabia lol okay maybe it makes sense to talk about like other books before I do like my little collections so then I will mention the 40 rules of love by Elif Shafiq which I talked which I recently finished and I'll have talked about it in a different episode for my currently reading but I really enjoyed this book and it's about the poet Rumi who um I believe Rumi's from Baghdad or something but his family moved to modern day Turkey the book is dual timelines but the one that Rumi lives in takes place in Turkey or in Konya and then it's about him and his relationship to Shams who I believe is from Afghanistan and then goes to but he like traveled a lot anyways that's not really important it's about love and it's about friendship and it was just a really beautiful book overall and it made me really excited to read more of Elif Shafiq and then another book that I love I mean to be honest I've talked about this before I think this is probably one of my favorite books on the list it's called The Sleuth of Baghdad it's by a man named Charles B. Child who was English I feel like every time I give like a time period of book takes place in I'm like off by a few decades Um, look it takes place at the end of British occupation of Baghdad And so the sleuth of Baghdad is a Baghdadi man and we just see his, it's like his everyday life going through Baghdad and solving mysteries. It's, it sort of has like an Agatha Christie kind of vibe where it's a quote unquote cozy mystery because there's not a lot of gore, not like violent crime. I mean, there is violence, but it's described in a way that glosses over the violence and focuses on the story itself. And what I love about this book is you really just see what everyday life was like there um, at a very specific time in history, of course. So I think it's, it's, it's such a great book for that. And then I want to mention poetry. I talked a lot about Arab poets in our poetry episode, but I will mention here that some of my favorites are Arab poets, which include Rumi, Khalil Gibran, Mahmoud Darwish, and Nazar Kabani. These poets just have some of the most beautiful poems and words that I've ever heard, and I would highly recommend checking them out if you like poetry or if you just want to have your soul be seen, honestly. And then I wanted to mention, does ancient Egyptian historical fiction count as like a Middle Eastern read? I feel like you can make it work. I hadn't thought of it. I think you make it work in a unique sense because like it is still part of the region yeah and i think wasn't thinking that way ancient egypt is such an important context to the middle east and especially obviously egypt so i mean i guess i will say like i love ancient egyptian history and i did mention these books on our historical fiction master list episode but i read quite a few by michelle moran which include nefertiti cleopatra's daughter and the 
heretic queen. <laughs> um, oh my god, that was such a funny one to to edit and like hear you say it. How do you say it? Heret- you said heretic. Heretic. Yeah. And I was heretic. like, heretic? And the only reason I know that word is because of Vampire Diaries. So thank you, Vampire Diaries, for educating me. I this is honestly no problem as someone who like reads a lot and like doesn't like, doesn't look up how to pronounce it. And like, you just why would you look yes. up how to how to pronounce a word? Right? It's like I guess I read a lot. And I don't always use the words I read that often. I don't know. There's a lot of words I don't pronounce correctly. Um, but yeah, that's my list. I love it. Yeah, I see now. Like quite different from <laughs> what. <laughs> what i had shared but i love that because i mean i hate it because it also just meant i added more books to my my tbr but okay Uh, but yeah no together i think we got we gave like we covered a lot comprehensive types yeah like a lot of different types like i think i mean you definitely had a lot more books by i think like arab slash arab american authors and i had more books by like white authors writing stories that took place in the middle east but i think together we we had different types of diversity right there (laughs) in itself so exactly no i think this is like a a great list for like all the different books that might be categorized cat oh my god oh my god what am i (laughs) (laughs) categorized Categorize. Is that a word? Oh my god. <laughs> I hate the English language sometimes. Categorize. Categorized, right? Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying anymore. <laughs> I think, no, I think we covered a lot of different books that may be ca- categorized as a Middle Eastern read. So good for you for go, going people. back to trying to say it. I just would have used a synonym at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, these are just books that fall under the Middle East. Right, yeah. right. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, um, look, if I had thought, you think if I didn't think of another thing, I would have, I wouldn't have tried using something else. I should. <laughs> Do you really think I would have put myself through that if I had another word to you? I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I could, I could do it. I could do it, and then <laughs> I, I can't. I, that is my problem. I actually, I'm overly confident on my delivery of all things, and then once I'm halfway through, I'm like, uh, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> do we want to? So, do we want to talk about what it is that we enjoy about reading, like stories about the Middle East and all that, or should we yeah, just do we- like what we look forward to? I mean, we can do it a little bit. I think we did mention a bit in the beginning why it's important yeah. for us. Um, but yeah, I think we can talk about it a little bit, like briefly. I think for me, one of the things is that like I love learning about different parts of the Middle East. Like I think, as we mentioned, Middle Eastern history is very complex. And I've always thought that a great way to learn about history and culture and politics is through well-written fiction, to be honest. And, and, and you know, not all these books are fiction, as we've said, but um, just well-written stories, I think, give you a great idea of what life might have actually been like from a variety of point of views so yeah I love learning about the history and I love like the relatableness of a lot of it like the nods to certain like cultural and language aspects I enjoy reading about Um, especially I mean I have you know a few stories of expats here on my list yeah what else 
Um, yeah, for me, definitely the history thing. And I, we've definitely talked about this in a previous F episode. I think we're both nerds for history. Hmm. I mean, in, in historical fiction. <laughs> one, I think we're both, like, it's something that piques our interest. And we were saying like the Middle East is so rich with history, right? And there's so many different cultures and each one has its own different histories to it that it's like, I want to try and read all of it. And it's like history, then you have things happening present day, like there's always something to read about. And then obviously there's that nostalgia that we've grown up there and like, fine, we are not Arab, Middle Eastern, Muslim, not that you have to be Muslim to be Middle Eastern and Arab, but fine, we are not part of that demographic. But there's just something of being able to identify a bit with these stories and like understand it a bit. Great. What are some Middle Eastern books, authors, stories you're looking forward to reading? Um, so as I mentioned, because I just read The 40 Rules of Love, I want to read more of Ella Shafik because I think her writing is really, really beautiful. I think she tells a really good story and I know that she's very good at weaving like a dual timeline situation, which I always like. I do want to read Girls of Riyadh. It's been on my bookshelf for ages. Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't mention this, but I can't believe you didn't mention any Khalid Husseini books. Honestly, I don't – who even knows where my brain was when I, like, wrote, wrote my list? Because you talk about oh, – I also definitely, like, was wigging this episode. I, like, did not prepare. I was, like, um, typing in my notes as you were speaking. I was like, oh, yeah, let, this is what I want to talk about. I also um, did remember some – dude, you have to talk about him. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i mention him now. I, I've only heard amazing things about any of his books, and I need to read him. Absolutely. Oh, there's this one book that's been on my bookshelf for quite a while. It's called God Dies by the Nile. And it's a collection of short stories that take place in Egypt. Um, so I want to read that as well. No, and I'm open to more, obviously. But those are just top of top of mind. I think, you know, what? It, why I probably didn't mention this because I mentioned maybe the Kite Runner and our historical fiction. And right. Yeah. That was like fairly recent. But no, Khal Hussaini, I need him to write more books. This is like a weird thing that I'm going to say. Like his books devastate you they like ruin you but i want him to keep writing books like that like i want to be devastated yeah. it's you know it's like listening to breakup songs like i, I want to feel pain <laughs> i know that sounds terrible to say like but i it's want like you to wreck me emotionally pain. as i read this yes yes the pain it's so, so good. good but it, it, it hurts it hurts um, so yeah, The Kite Runner, obviously a great a great book. I'm not going to go into that. So his other two that I have read is And the Mountains Echoed and A Thousand Splendid Suns. Honestly, it's been a while since I've read these. I think I've read these forever ago when I was in India. But I think the one I'll focus on more is A Thousand Splendid Suns because this is definitely more, again, focused on on women. And you know me, I love a story centering on a woman. Another book that, that destroyed me. The one book of his I haven't actually read, um, it's a really short one. I think it's The Sea Prayer. And it's because it's like a little tiny, tiny, tiny little book. And I want a thick one with hundreds and hundreds of pages of pure emotion. But yeah, I recommend all his books. They're amazing. Are you going to mention books you look forward to reading? Yeah, for what I'm looking forward to, I agree with you, like more Alif Shafik, Alif Shafik. So I've read two of hers, but you know, 40 Rosa Loves, I mentioned, has been on my list to read. Girls are React. My mom's read that. And that somehow that book has somehow disappeared during my moves, so who knows? But I need to acquire myself a copy and read that. I mean, like my mom loved it. I also grew up in Riyadh, so it's another touching thing right there. I don't know, like I just love the historical stuff. I, I think I want to read more historical things, like stories, um, yeah. said in the Middle East. But I do like the 
the more contemporary stories of Middle Eastern characters in like the US, Australia, Canada, the UK, because in a way, a story that we can relate to as like that immigrant experience in the quote unquote Western country. And we're not Middle Eastern, but it's like, you can kind of relate to some of the stuff when we came to the States for boarding school and people just didn't get things or they asked, I mean, I got asked a question by someone the first time at 18, how do you speak English so good? Because she found out I lived in Saudi Arabia and it's like, why can't I speak English well? (laughs) Unlike you who could not say that grammatically correct, but why can't I? So more of those stories, more of those voices would be great. But yeah, I think, I think we hit a lot. Yeah. That said, we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, what are some of your guys' favorite Middle Eastern authors or stories that you have read or look forward to reading? We'd love to hear about them. And as always, thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 